Welcome to episode 35, The Four Keys to Navigate the Holidays, Dating Life, and Future Relationships Too. Welcome to the Stop Hating Dating and Find Your Person podcast. I'm certified life coach, Stacey Perry. I went on 475 online dates to find my person so you don't have to. Each week, I'll teach you the skills and mindsets to confidently show up as yourself, interact in a way that's authentic to you and gets you the relationship that you want. If you're ready to make dating and find your person easier, more fun, and without all the unnecessary drama and BS, this podcast is for you. Hello. Oh, it's the holidays. This podcast will come out on Friday. Some of you will probably already be home for the holidays. Some of you are super excited and festive. And some of you are choosing it to spend it away from your families and with friends instead. Some of you are spending it with family, but dreading it. Whatever you are doing for the holidays, I am sending you all the loves. And today we're going to talk about four keys to navigating the holidays that can be applied to dating, your future relationship, and all of your life too. There is a Byron Katie quote that keeps popping in my head right now, and it is, defense is the first act of war. And when I start feeling defensive, which I do often because I'm human and love, love, love to be right, it's a sign to me to check in with myself. Like, what am I making this mean about me, about them, about our relationship? And how do I want to purposely show up? And honestly, sometimes I'm like, F it, defensiveness it is. I'm right, you're wrong. (laughs) And sometimes I'm able to like calm myself, make requests or have conversations or sometimes like just noticing my defensiveness is like all I really need to do to deal with a situation. But sometimes I go for the jugular because I'm an emotional human just like you. Or maybe I don't usually go for the jugular, but I do definitely like shake my finger and head and do the eye roll combo for the like, no, you didn't self-righteous shaming on the person bugging me in the moment. So this festive holiday season, maybe you feel some version of defensiveness like start to bubble up in you. And I want you to keep in mind these four keys. Number one, other people do not create your feelings. And you're probably thinking, uh, you haven't met my family, Stacy. They are annoying and mean, and they definitely are causing my anxiety about being around them or guilt about not being around them. But the truth is there is this tiny space between your annoying families like antics and your feelings about them. Sometimes it happens like so fast, you're not even aware of it. But the truth is, our thoughts about them and the situation create our feelings. They do something, we have a thought about what they did, and it's that thought that's making us feel the way we feel. This isn't to put blame on you, quite the opposite. I want you to see and get this concept because your thoughts are creating your uncomfortable feelings that you want to avoid. You have the power to change your thoughts and to pick something on purpose that causes you to feel the way you want to feel. And please note, you may want to feel offended, pissed or upset or hurt or whatever else about how your family is showing up 
or how people show up on the apps into dating. No feelings are like bad or better than other feelings. Feelings are just like vibrations in our bodies created by those sentences in our head about what's going on around us. The human experience is full of a spectrum of emotions. And once we get awareness about the thoughts we're thinking that are causing us to feel a way we don't want to feel, we can start looking at them, challenging them, questioning if they're useful, questioning if they move us like closer or farther away from how we want to feel, and then practice thinking new thoughts on purpose. Now, in this scenario, I'm talking about annoying things and uncomfortable feelings, but this goes for like all the yummy feelings like loved and cared for and joy and connectedness. Your thoughts about the situation or the person are creating those feelings for you too. I see it often in my clients where a relationship ends and they feel like super distraught because they're like, I quote, never gonna feel this way again. Like, woe is me. But the truth is, Their brain created those loving, connected, like hot chemistry feelings too. And so they hold the power to feel them again with a new person because their thoughts created it before and their thoughts can create it again on purpose. The opportunity and ability to feel those feelings is still with them. The power to feel that way did not like walk out the door with the ex who walked out the door. If your family or that guy you were like so woo-woo-gaga about were creating your feelings, you'd be like shit out of luck. You'd be at the mercy for them to show up how you hope they show up so you can feel the way you want to feel. But luckily, in that little space between what they do and how you feel, there is a thought you can have control over. So if you don't want to feel angry or anxious or some other uncomfortable feeling, you can start to train your brain to think differently so you can feel differently. And I am a recovered mommy issues girl. And I was just in New York with my mom and she has the habit of pulling on the back of my shirt to make it straight. That action used to drive me bonkers. (laughs) I used to make it mean she was judging how my clothes fit, my weight, and how I looked. I would judge her for having like no physical boundaries with me. I would stew about it. And she still does this to me. And now I just think she's OCD and does it without even thinking. I don't make it mean anything about me. It's like an automatic reflex for her. And she cares about it for herself. Whenever we get up from like a restaurant table, she'll have me like check her from behind to make sure her hair looks good from the back and her coat straight. And it doesn't bug me now because I've changed my thinking about it. And sometimes things she does bugs me and I just make her cut it out and I put boundaries into place. I speak up for myself. Like when I go home this week for Christmas, my mom throws this like huge, big Christmas Eve party and she needs and deserves help. And I do help her. And she used to boss me around like all day and drive me crazy. But now I tell her to give me a list and tell me when she wants it done. And she's not allowed to boss me around in between. Like she has to give me the list and then back the F off. The big lesson is it's easier to change yourself, like to set boundaries, to change your thinking unless they're on board. Because unless they're on board, it's impossible to change somebody else. I'd be making like zillions of dollars if I could teach you how to change everybody else and not have to change yourself. For a lot of you, 
you're wishing that your family member would just show up the way you wish they would so you could feel loved and appreciated and worthy and respected. Whatever the feeling is you want, but don't feel around them. But the great news is they can show up however they show up and you can choose to think about it in a way that has you feeling like calm or connected or loved or grounded or whatever it is you want to feel. Start noticing the thoughts you're having and seeing the link between your thoughts and how you're feeling about them and like the situation. What's the main thought you have about that person in general? Know that that thought is driving how you interact with them and you have control over your thinking, but you don't have control over them. Do I wish your family members weren't so mean or annoyed? <laughs> yes, I really do. But we can't change them. The only thing we can change is how you show up with them, what you make their actions mean about you, and the boundaries you put in place to lovingly care for yourself. Like some of my clients not spending the holidays with their family or like really limiting their time they spend with them. So get curious about all the sentences in your head about your family members who make you want to like strangle them. I always use the example with my clients on how I hate being hot. So a super sunny, like 70 degree day in San Francisco is someone's heaven. And for me, if I'm going for a walk with friends, I'm like, damn it, I'm going to have to get all hot and sweaty and need to load up on sunscreen and have a big like dorky hat on. And my friend who is a sun worshiper is like, finally, some sun's out. Can't wait to get out there and soak up the rays. Same weather but two totally different reactions to this neutral fact that is the 70 degrees and sunny out. Or think about it. If people caused our feelings, we'd all like or not like the same people. But I have friends that I love and adore who another friend of mine might get like really easily bugged by. Same person showing up to life the same way, but two different people with different thoughts about that person are going to have different feelings about them too. Because our individual, like unique thoughts about them are causing our feelings about them, not the facts about how that person like is or how they show up or how they behave. So with that family member, get curious. What are you making what they do or don't do mean? Mean about you, mean about them, mean about your relationship. You can't make them do the things you want, like not talk politics or stop asking you why you're still single. If you pause and look at the thoughts you're having, you can do something about it. You can choose to be annoyed. You can choose to leave the conversation. You can choose to make a request. You can choose to shift your thinking about them. Whatever you want, get curious and challenge those thoughts. Are they serving you? Do you want to keep those thoughts? Let's say what they do, it's like they're throwing a fireball at you. You can step aside and watch that fireball just pass by you. What are your thoughts about them throwing the fireball? What a lot of us do is catch the fireball, burn ourselves, and get mad at them for our burns. You don't have to catch the fireball. That annoying person who always asks you about being single and you like feel judged or uncared for or annoyed or hurt, what is your brain making that mean that they ask you that? Why does it annoy you? What thoughts do you have about it? Maybe you're thinking like, Ugh, they know I'm out there trying so hard to meet my person. WTF, 
Like, why would they highlight this every freaking time I see them? They're so rude. Then look at those thoughts. Is it really true? Can you know for sure it's true? Is that how you want to be interpreting the question? How could that not be the case? What else could be true? Maybe it's just they're curious about your life and trying to connect with you. Maybe they're not good at small talk and are like totally clueless about how their question might affect you and grasping for straws on what to like connect with you about. Maybe they envy your free like lifestyle. Maybe they think you're freaking amazing and truly can't believe a catch like you hasn't been snatched up. Maybe they're self-conscious and just trying to talk to anybody and will say anything. Who knows? Why does it make sense that you're annoyed by their question about you being single? Maybe because you're annoyed by dating and your relationship status. Because you so do want to be in a relationship. Because you're doubting if you're going to find them. Maybe you think being in a relationship is better than being single and need to challenge that belief. Maybe that's where your concentration needs to be. When you really get that it's your thinking, not what they do or say that is causing your feelings, you can take a pause and like a step back and see what you really want to think and feel about the situation on purpose, which means you can create the feelings that you want to create. And if you want to stay annoyed with them, that's up to you. Or maybe you want to set boundaries with them, or maybe you want to spend less time with them, or maybe you just want to shift your thoughts about them. The key here is you always have choices. You're not a victim of them. And even if you were like a child and a victim of them as a child, you're no longer a victim of them now because now you are an adult and you have agency. Again, not to blame or shame you for feelings and reactions now, but to remind you, you're an adult now and have power and control, not over them, but over you. If you change your thoughts about them, you change your feelings about them, you change the whole relationship without even needing to control them or to get them to change and to show up differently. You can create the feelings you want to feel like love and calmness and security and worthiness no matter what they do or how they show up. Your thoughts have the power, not them. And that is the freaking best holiday gift you can give to yourself. Number two, how they show up, like what they do, their habits, their way of being in this world is an indication of their thoughts, not you. If your thoughts create your feelings, then guess what? <laughs> More awesome news. Their thoughts create their feelings too. And this means you're not on the hook to make everybody happy. We've got so much messaging on how we should be nice, be a good son or daughter. Our families have like spoken and unspoken rules. And we as kids internalize this and think that what we do makes them happy or unhappy, not upset or pleased with us. And our families, they believe this too. When you believe you have to behave in a certain way to make people pleased with you, not upset with you, like you, or respond the way you want them to respond to you, this causes you a lot of stress and anxiety because you're believing you're responsible for making them feel good. You're making you responsible for like keeping the peace. It causes us insecurity because we feel like their responses to us, acceptance of us, loving of us, as a reflection of our worth, our lovableness, our value, our enoughness. But your thoughts are creating your feelings 
And so it goes for them. They are creating their feelings with their thoughts. Their feelings are driving their actions. Now, we can trigger them and they can trigger us. They can influence us and we can influence them. We can impact them and they can impact us. But it's their interpretations, i.e. their thoughts about us and what we do that causes their feelings, not what we actually do and vice versa. Now, am I suggesting when your mom is in a bad mood or mad at you that you blurt out that her thoughts are causing her feelings and not you so she can go suck it, mama? Or when your future partner says you hurt their feelings, that you explain it's their thoughts, not you, that are causing them to feel hurt? Or that you go bulldoze through life without any care for anyone else's like feelings? That is not what I'm offering up here. But I am suggesting what a beautiful holiday it would be if everyone took emotionally responsibility for themselves and what an amazing dating experience it would be if everybody took emotional responsibility for themselves. And that we understand we can bend ourselves like into pretzels and do everything in our power to make someone happy or like us. And they have the right and free will not to like us or to feel mad or sad or upset or however they want to feel. Just like you do too. And that we give care and compassion to ourselves and others when we're feeling like uncomfortable, negative emotions. <laughs> Maybe you can think of your family members and people on the apps as like wild animals you're observing on a safari. At our property in the marsh, we have to boat in and out our trash. No, we don't boat it in. We boat out our trash. And sometimes we'll leave trash bags out like on the deck or on the boat just to get them out of the house. And sometimes raccoons will get in the trash and like rummage through it and scatter gross trash all over the place. It's totally disgusting to clean up. I am pissed off at them for making this nasty mess for me to clean up. But I don't make it mean that those raccoons did intentionally because they don't respect me or they don't love me or they're judging me. It's just what raccoons do. And I can set a boundary with them by putting the trash like up somewhere where they can't get it. I can protect myself from having it happen. But raccoons are going to do what raccoons do. It's not personal. It's raccoons being raccoons. And the same goes for your annoying family members and all those annoying people on the apps. You know what they're great at? Doing things the way they do them. You know what they're really like practice every day? Doing things their way. You know what they think is the best way to do things? Probably their way. You know how they wish you'd show up the way they want you to. Okay, number three, you're enough, lovable, and worthy and valuable, 100%. Born that way, nothing you can do to take away from it. Our brains can really trigger things in us that our brains interpret and make mean that we're like, we're not okay, or we're not lovable, or we're not good enough. We think if we were lovable and worthy, our mom, our dad, our siblings, our family, the guys on the apps would all show up the way that we want them to and would like validate our lovableness and worthy and value. Like we calculate our worthiness and enoughness by how our family shows up and treats us. But no matter what they do or don't do, you're still like totally lovable and worthy. This is a total human thing to do. My dog Boots isn't spinning in his head right now wondering if he's worthy of my attention and pets. He's not thinking because I'm ignoring him and working on this podcast that I'm not like 
loving and respecting him right now. He's happily sleeping on the couch. And when he's in the mood, he'll come up and like try to get some attention. And if I shoo him away, he's not going to like soak off and stew about his value. But we humans have a brain that interprets other people's actions towards us and make it mean things about us and our worth and our value. My dog Boots isn't pretending to nap on the couch right now, but really beating himself up thinking he's like if he was skinnier or cuter or more successful or less hyper, I'd be petting him right now. He's not thinking if I respected him and our relationship that I'd be over there and attending to his need for snuggles. But we do this especially with our families, friends, dating, and you'll do it with your future relationship. I know my thoughts cause my feelings, not Greg's actions, but I still have to manage my mind because it's so easy for my brain to go there to make his actions mean something about me and us instead of just how he's choosing to show up in the moment. I catch these thoughts on a daily basis. We're all humans with human brains and our brains do this. So instead, get curious, 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 curious. I'm always saying to get curious. Who do you think holds the power to decide and calculate your worth, your lovableness, your enoughness, your value? What are the things you think would make you more lovable and valuable? Your weight, your looks, your career, your bank account, how your family treats you, your relationship status, being a mother. What does your brain tell you you need to be or do in order to like, quote, earn enough value and worth? And who are you wanting to give you that like gold star, A plus, your lovable and worthy report card? Who does your brain think holds the scorecard to like your value and worth? I know some of my clients like get really pissed because their siblings with kids aren't expected to be like as flexible with their schedules because they have partners or kids. And we make this mean our families like don't value us or our time as much because we're single. But what if when we were all born, we're 100% worthy, valuable enough and lovable, that we're all imperfect and flawed and still 100% worthy, valuable enough, lovable? How would you think and show up differently this holidays to dating in your future relationship if you totally got this key belief? What really causes us the most suffering over the holidays with our families is what we make their actions towards us mean about us and our worthiness. But no matter how judgmental or obnoxious or mean or unaccepting or frustrating your family members can be, you're still 100% lovable and worthy. You nor they can do anything to change that fact. And they're 100% worthy and lovable too, even though you may find it really, really hard to have loving feelings towards them sometimes. Or maybe you choose not to be around them at all. No matter what, you are 100% lovable, worthy, and enough. Their ability to love and respect and value and see your worth is all about them, not a reflection of your lovableness, value, and enoughness. Okay, I think I said lovableness, value, and enoughness enough times. Did I drill it into you? I hope so. Okay, number four, you can handle whatever happens. You have handled everything that has happened in your life so far. Maybe not perfectly the way you wish you had, Maybe some things still sting, but you have handled everything that has happened to you so far. Dating, your future relationship, being around your family, all these things can bring up anxiety in us. Our brain goes to like the worst case scenario, freaks out, and we fear and doubt that we'll be able to handle the feelings that we imagine the worst case scenario would bring up for us. 
in dating, what if I get rejected? What if I get hurt again? What if I never meet my person? In our relationships, it would be like, what if they cheated on me or fell out of love with me and left me? What if I can't get pregnant? What if I lose my job and they lose their job? What if we lose our house? Going home for the holidays can bring up anxiety around thinking you won't be able to handle that thing you fear happening happens. You will survive the holidays. You will survive the ups and downs of dating to find your person. What if scenarios are going to pop up in your head? Nothing has gone wrong. Your brain is going to do it and was designed to do it. It's designed to look for what could go wrong and to protect you from it. You think you won't be able to handle it, but the truth is you can handle whatever happens. Again, my favorite, get curious. What's the feeling you're most afraid of feeling in that worst case scenario that keeps popping up in your head? Shame, hopeless, failure, alone, abandon, all super uncomfortable negative emotions, but also a part of the human experience. Ask yourself what you would want to think and feel on purpose if the worst case scenario your brain is offering up for you actually did happen. How would you want to take care of yourself and your feelings if that happened? How do you want to think on purpose about you and your future if it were to happen? We've all had situations where we felt like ashamed, hopeless, and alone, and we're still here. There is no guarantee that the worst case scenario won't happen. I wish I had a magical wand. I don't. We can't be certain that things will or won't happen. But what we can get good at is creating our own certainty by trusting ourselves to take good care of ourselves in those like worst case scenarios by choosing on purpose how we want to think and feel and learning to trust ourselves to take care of ourselves, trusting ourselves that we can handle and process those feelings that might come up. That even though this like quote happened or is happening, we can still create the life we want. Okay, that's it for this week. I hope at least one of these key ways of thinking and believing shifted a little thinking in you or maybe a lot to make the holidays like easier and dating easier for you, that you feel a little more empowered, that you'll remember Byron Katie's quote and notice when that defensiveness rises up in you and use it as a sign to check in with yourself and choose on purpose how you want to think and feel about the situation. I really love you. Happy holidays. Go get them. And remember, you hold the keys, not them. Thank you so much for listening. If you're ready to stop hating dating and find your person, let's chat. You can pop right on my calendar for a free coaching call to see if private one-on-one coaching feels like a fit for you. It's like our first date to see if we're a match. You can get access to my calendar on my website at stacyperrycoaching.com. There's also a link in my Instagram bio or use the link in the show notes. Just do it and get yourself booked for a free coaching consult call. And let's go find a person.